Watch, therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The cold weather that we had last week reminded me of the winters when I was a kid. As most of you know, or can, get, or can guess from my accent, I did not grow up in Texas, but I grew up in New England. The winters there could be very unpredictable, not much unlike Texas. Some winters, though, could be warm with little snow, or others were very cold and lots of snow. We never knew what the winters would bring. Of course, some always tried to predict what the weather would be like. Some of the old farmers would base it off how bushy a squirrel's tail was that fall. The bushier the tail, the colder the winter would be. I don't know if that was ever really true or not, but it was a tale that was told, and they tried to predict the weather based on that. But it did not really matter what everyone used or how they predicted. We still had to be prepared for that winter. In October, my dad would take the car to the shop and have snow tires put on them. And yes, that really is a thing, snow tires, for you Southerners. Um, <coughs> we'd also put a couple bags of sand or a couple cement blocks in the trunk for added traction and a small snow shovel just in case we got stuck. And then we'd go to the hardware store and stock up on rock salt or ice melt. And we always made sure that we had enough wood for the fireplace in case the lights went out so we at least have some type of heat for the house. And we'd also make sh have to make sure that the snowblower was tuned up and in good working order for the winter in case we got a lot of snow. So we needed to be prepared just in case we got lots of snow and ended up being snowbound for any length of time. Now, I was still young, so I had really thought this, all this preparation was a little crazy and wasn't sure why we needed to do it. <clears throat> but on one day, on February 6th, 1978, I found out why. I remember that the weatherman forecasted a little bit of snow that day. And so when I woke up that morning, I looked out and there was no snow. Needless to say, I was disappointed and I had to get ready for school. But by 10 a.m., it started snowing pretty good, and the snow was coming down very heavy at that point. And then the announcement came that we were going to be let out of school early at noontime. And the snow continued for the rest of that day and into the next day, and then those who were working and weren't able to get out early ended up getting stuck in the snow. And if you look here, that's Route 128, which circles around Boston. And those cars were stuck there for probably some for a week, some even longer. And along the coast that year, the winds with that storm were registered at some areas at 100 miles out plus. In our yard, we had snow drifts of over six feet. And all the roads in the area were closed for at least a week. I didn't have school for two weeks, which was great. <laughs> in fact, it took a week for the snow plows to even come to our street. And when they did, this is what we had to look forward to, which as a kid was great because you could sled down that, we could build forts in it, we had a great time. <clears throat> but if we had not been prepared for those winters, things could have been a lot worse. Many people were not prepared for that snowstorm, and around 100 people actually died during that snowstorm. So the lesson I learned was growing up in New England, you always had to be prepared for a big storm because you never knew when we were going to get one or if we would even get one that winter. Now that's exactly the point that Jesus was making in today's parable. We do not know the day or the time 
But we do know that Jesus is coming again. And we need to be prepared for when he does come back. And we need to make those necessary preparations for that day. Now in the parable we see the ten vir of the ten virgins, five, the wise ones, had enough oil to go out and meet the bridegroom. While the other five ran out of oil and were unprepared. See, the wise virgins made the preparations they needed to make for the coming of the bridegroom. So we need too to follow their example and make preparations for that day. And in today's collect reminds us of what those preparations are. It says, grant that having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure. That when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom. We are called as Christians to grow and become more Christ-like every single day and walk in his way. And Paul states this in Philippians 2, that we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And John writes in 1 John chapter 2, who, he writes, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. And then Peter also reminds us that, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. See, when we accept Jesus into our lives, and we receive his grace, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that's just the beginning. We now need to grow in his grace and wisdom, so that we can walk and follow in his footsteps, and walk the way he walked. We need to be orienting our lives so that God is at the very center of everything we do. And he, God needs to come before everything else. So that everything that we do and say points to God. I know this may sound difficult, given that we have so many things pulling at us and pulling us in a thousand different directions. But we need to put those worldly things behind us we need to put our anger, our pride, envy, addictions, or whatever else is holding you back from truly walking his way and break free of those things. And we can do this when we heed the word of God because it enables us to live a pure life. When we heed the word of God, we know our motivations are pure and it pleases God. And we heard in last week's gospel too that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You see, we are called to be representatives of God's love, and we must show that love to others and be examples to others, be a light to others. And we must show that love whether or not you agree with everything, on everything with them. Jesus is very clear on this point, that you're to love your neighbor as yourself. This is not a conditional statement. Love your neighbor if they are, you can fill in the blank, a Cowboys fan or a a tech fan, or whatever else it is. And especially in this heated world that we live in today, showing that love of God is needed more and more now. And we need to be different than the world. Everything we do should be done with humility in the love of Christ. Without a pure heart, can we truly be a light to others? So we will need to be ever more diligent to become more Christ-like every single day. We will need help some days more than others. 
That's why it's important to be preparing every single day. We need to be spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer every single day. We can never let our guard down or fall asleep like the virgins in today's parable. There will be times when we are tired and want to sleep, but we must keep the faith and need to be diligent in the use, as one author called it, spiritual means. And by that, he meant spending time reading the Bible, spending time in private prayer, regular attendance of public worship, and regular reception of the Lord's Supper. You see, the Christian life and our journey to be more Christ-like is not a sprint or a one-and-done thing. It's a lifelong marathon. And there will be some pain. To use the old fitness analogy, no pain, no, no gain, spiritually speaking, that is. But that is true with anything in life. No one became a great golfer or a great pitcher or athlete or CEO of a company without putting in hard work. And it did not happen overnight. It was a process. It took time and dedication, even when they were tired or didn't feel like it. And we need that same focus in our life to put away the distractions of the world and focus on the work that God has called us to do. Yes, there will be some battles and struggles, and we are seeing those battles and struggles becoming more intense in the world today. The battle to overcome COVID and the loneliness and social distancing that comes with it makes it more difficult and it's taken a toll on everyone. But don't let that discourage you because with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can persevere. But if we do not spend time learning God's word or spending time in prayer daily, we can be like the five foolish virgins and run out of oil. They did not prepare for the long, arduous marathon that we call life. We too can be like them, this when we do not focus on the things that really matter. The five foolish virgins let the cares of the, this world and the earthly desires distract them from the things they were called to do as Christians. Now, especially in today's world, with all that is going on, it's easy to get caught up in that anger and hate and division that's going on in the world. And we can let our own pride or envy or whatever else it is distract us from our one true calling. We can also see the rise in addiction and depression and anger and hostility to others, domestic abuse, and many other th things going on in the world. And you may be experiencing some of these things, or maybe over the past in the COVID situation, develop some new habits. Maybe some are good, maybe some bad. The question is, we need to be asking ourselves, are these habits separating us from God? Are they causing us to fall into sin or just have apathy for the word of God? Or maybe you've just fallen asleep like the virgins today. Recall each day that we have an obligation to live according to the Spirit. So stay up and watch with Jesus for one hour so that when you do spend time in prayer, just don't pray on the run or in the car as you are waking up or trying to get to sleep. Now, it's always okay to pray, so I'm not saying you can't do it at that time, but we need to dedicate a block of time during the week that we can be alone with God. So turn off the computer, the cell phone, or TV, or whatever else is distracting you, or maybe you have to drive somewhere to find that solitude. But do whatever it takes to have that undisturbed, 
undistracted, set-apart, consecrated, holy time with God. And lean into him and let him guide our heart so that we are better prepared and can do as Peter wrote, so that you, are, you might follow in his footsteps. And we must be ever vigilant because Matthew reminds us today in the gospel, watch therefore because we don't know neither the day nor the hour. And Mark also reminds us in his gospel in chapter 13, therefore stay awake for you do not know when the master of the house will come. Um, the come in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. So we need to be vigilant and prepared because there's no time for procrastination because there will be consequences. Oh, jumped ahead, sorry. In verses... 10 through 12 today, we see what those consequences will be. As Matthew wrote, and while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came in saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. I know this may sound kind of harsh, but it's the reality of life. We do not know the day or the time, so we need to be prepared every single day. We need to prepare every single day that that will be the day that Jesus comes back. Our eternal lives depend on that. So stay prepared and prepare for every single attack or battle with the enemy. We can do this, as Paul reminds us, when he, as he's instructing the people from Ephesus, put on the armor of God, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day and having done all and to stand firm. And when we put on that armor, we are equipped to do the things we are called to do and fend off the attacks of the enemy. And then we, when we do all this also, we can walk in the same way which he walked. We will be prepared to face the challenges of the day. Whether those challenges come from the outside or their internal battles between the flesh and the spirit. There is no doubt that we will face these battles since the enemy is always trying to distract us from becoming more Christ-like in spreading the word and love of God. So be, be prepared like the wise women. Do the things that you are called to do each and every single day because we know neither the day nor the hour, but it is quite clear the door to the wedding feast will be closed. And we do not want to be on the outside of that closed door. So my prayer for everyone is that you will prepare and be diligent each and every single day. And we continue to grow to become more like Christ every single day. So that when that day comes, when he comes back, we will see one another at that heavenly wedding feast. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.